Lord, thank you so much, God. We already feel your presence and your touch, and you're moving upon our hearts and speaking to us in many ways. And Lord, we ask as we open your word that you would speak to us through your word, Lord. We ask, God, that you help us, Lord, with our hearts to be open to you, God, to not pick and choose what we like to hear or like to put into our lives, but everything that you say to us, Lord, may it be important as we put our attention upon you and your word. I ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to speak and to just fill us now, Lord. Open our, open our minds to the truth of your word, God. Open our ears, Lord, to what you're saying and open our heart, God, to receive it and apply it into our lives. So, Lord, we give you this time. We ask for the anointing of your spirit now, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Hey, uh, you know, Charles Schultz, excuse me, you know, he's the one who, who wrote and created the Peanuts cartoons. Well, one of my favorite things is in this Peanuts cartoon by Charles Schultz, Lucy demands that Linus, her brother, change the channel on the TV when she walked into the room. Well, Linus protests by saying, what makes you think you can walk right in here and take over? The interesting thing is what Lucy said. Lucy holds up her hand and replies, these five fingers. You see, individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this in a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Well, with that, Luce, Linus, her brother, just says, which channel do you want? <laughs> well, turning away, he looks at his own fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? <laughs> I love that. Well, as we continue our study here in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul teaches how the different spiritual gifts of believers should all come together, should all be organized. This is the design of God to make the church one, one together to minister, to do the will of God as one body of Jesus Christ. Christ. So the title of our message this morning is this, many parts but one body. Many parts but one body. That's what Paul's going to be talking about here. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 12 through 31. We're going to finish the chapter this morning. We left off at verse 11 last time as we've been making our way studying this book, but now we're at verse 12 of chapter 12. We're going to go ahead and go all the way to verse 31. Now, this is our outline. As a believer, number one, you are included. Number two, you are important. Number three, you are interconnected. And number four, you are invested. So, many parts, but one body. Let's begin with number one in our outline. You are included. You are included. Take a look with me here now in our Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is 
Christ. We'll stop right there. We begin here. Paul is continuing his teaching on the gifts of the Spirit by saying, as the body. Now, when he mentions that word, as the body, for as the body, that is, he's talking about the human body. So as a human body has many members, he writes here, or many parts, he says. He's talking about how our body has those different parts. And being that the many parts make up that one human body, he's saying that is also just like the body of Christ, also in Christ. So we understand it, right? The church is made up of many people with various gifts, various different spiritual gifts, and it all comes together to make one body, the church, one body of Christ. So now Paul, with this analogy of the human body, he explains how the church now are together now. Even though they have different gifts, we're still one body. Now, Paul is dealing, you remember, with the misuse of the spiritual gifts. That's what this whole section is about. He's been dealing with other issues in the worship of the church, of the Corinthian church. Well, their worship was chaotic. It was out of control, as we've been talking about. They did not honor nor glorify God, and now with the spiritual gifts, they were abusing them. Well, he clarified things by teaching about the gifts and listing the various gifts. And that's what we looked at at the last two weeks. If you missed it, grab the CD later and you can catch up and sort of get an idea of how we're flowing here. But there's two things I want to put in your minds before we go on that we learned in the past two, two weeks. And first of all, the purpose of the spiritual gifts. And what's that for? That's for building up one another. It's not for our own profit, right? Verse 7, if you look up at verse 7, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of me. No, of all, right? Its purpose is not for yourself, but building up the body, ministering to the body, to one another, helping. That's the idea. So I want to put that in your minds as we come into this passage. The second thing is the choosing of the gifts of which spiritual gift you would get is done by God himself, right? He's the one who makes a choice. We ended last time, remember in verse 11, if you look up, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's not like we're, we're, we, we sit there and go, hmm, I like this gift because I think that would fit me. No, the Lord just gives that according to his will. So both of those things means that the gift or gifts you have is not because you're more spiritual. It's not because you're better than others. It's God who assigns the gift to give you a, a, a reason, give you a ministry to build up who? The believers, not yourself. Remember the Corinthian believers we've been learning from the beginning in chapter 1, they were carnal. They were selfish. They're very proud people. They're in, only interested about putting themselves in the limelight, yeah, uh, building themselves up, uh, uh, thinking that, hey, I have the gift. I have this spiritual gift. I'm better than you. So they focused in on the gifts in that way, and Paul is correcting that thinking here in this passage. So now, as we come into this section, the rest of chapter 12, Paul brings in this analogy of the human body to show that, you know, the gift you have, it's not everything, yeah? It's not the only one. It doesn't make you more important than others, but matter of fact, it's part of the whole. It's just a part of the whole. And so that's the idea as we come into this 
passage. The human body has many parts. So one body but many parts. Look at verse 13. He goes on, he says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So Paul now gives us a, a little history or, or, or a little theology idea that if by one spirit we're all baptized into one body by one spirit what's that the holy spirit by the holy spirit all believers have been baptized remember that word in our studies we learned that it means immersed so water baptism is being immersed in the water so we've been immersed into one body into what the church the body of the church the body of christ that's been done the agent is the holy spirit whom we receive when we come to jesus and we give him our life we receive him in our heart and we have salvation then the holy spirit comes into us and then we're baptized we're immersed we become the part of the church we're put into the body of christ and that doesn't mean no matter who you are he says whether Jews, whether Greeks, which is another word for Gentiles, whether slaves or you're free, all have been made, and I like this, all have been made to drink into one spirit. Drink, in other words, we all drinking from the same fountain, yeah? It's coming from the same source, the living water from what you get is the Holy Spirit. So here's Paul, like this analogy of the human body, believers are all part of one body because of the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit in us. I like something John Phillips wrote. He said, baptism puts the believer into the body of Christ. The drinking puts the spirit into the body of the Christian. I like that thought. So here's what Paul is saying in these first few verses. He's saying that like the parts of the human body, every believer with their gift is part of the body of Christ because of the Holy Spirit in us. It's because of the Holy Spirit. We're all united. That's what unites us. That's what places us in the body. It's the Holy Spirit. So like the parts of the human body, every believer, I'll emphasize with their gift, is part of the body of Christ because of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now, we know that, right? Ephesians 5.23 says, As also Christ is the head of the church, he is the savior of the body. So Christ is the head, we're the body in that sense of a human body. We, we are under the Lord, we follow him, and as a church, we're the body of Christ. So you and I are part of this body of Christ. Like the parts of the human body, every believer who is a part of that with their gift, they're part of the body of Christ because the Holy Spirit has done that with us. So that means, yes, you, each one of you, as a believer, you are included in this body of Christ. Like a human body, there's many parts, right? So like the church, there's many parts to that. People with different gifts. People with, with different places where they serve. They make up the body of Christ, just like the human body is. You ever think about the human body? It's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing thing that the Lord has done. I read if you are an adult of average size, uh, average size here, you, this is what your body does in 24 hours. Your heart beats 103,689 times. 
Your blood travels 168 million miles. You breathe 23,040 times. You inhale 483 cubic feet of air. You eat three and a quarter pounds of food. Sometimes I eat more. Uh, you speak 4,800 words. Some people more, yeah. Uh, you move 750 muscles. Your nails grow 0. 0.00004. Four six an inch. Your hair grows zero one seven one point zero one seven one four an inch, and it that's if you have hair, right? <laughs> you exercise seven million brain cells, and that's if you have that too. I don't have too much, no. But it's amazing thing. The human body, right? There's many parts to it. It's complicated. There's a lot of things that are going on. But that's the same of the body of Christ. I mean, there's, there's so much going on with our body. No wonder we feel so tired at the end of the day. Yeah? But there's many different parts like, like our body. But they are all included in this body. And so with the church, there's many parts. So is the body of Christ. There's many parts, but we're all one body. And understand this right now. Like the parts of the human body, every believer with their gift is part of the body of Christ because of the Holy Spirit. That means you are a part of it. No one is left out. There's no like waiting on the sidelines. And, well, I'm not part of the body yet. You know, I, 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 I got to do something first or I got to get better. No, as soon as the Spirit comes in you, you belong. You belong. You know, uh, when we were registering uh, this truck, God blessed us with, you know, we went to the DNB and everything. We, we, we filled the paperwork out or, 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 you know, on the title and everything. And, and basically they gave us a new title with our name on it. And, and so they put our name, Nagura, our last name on it. And now that truck is part of the family of cars that we own now. Well, that's the idea with being a, a Christian now. The Holy Spirit has put the name of Jesus on you. And you belong to the body of Christ. Don't let the enemy discourage you in that. Sometimes you may be thinking, well, I don't know if I'll go to church because ah, I, don't, I don't know, you know, I, I, maybe I don't really belong or ah, I'm not part of that. But you are part of that. God is saying, hey, you're part of the, the body. Like the humans, like a, parts of the human body, so are you. And then for some reason, you, get, you have this thing in your heart that, that yeah, I got to go. I got to go. And you come. But you wrestle with this. Well, let me clear this up right now. You are included. You are part of the body. Don't think for a second that you are not. Paul is saying, hey, like the parts of the human body, every believer with their gift, is part of the body of Christ because of the Holy Spirit and what He's done in our lives. You are included. Let's move on here to number two in our outline. You are important. You are important. There's many parts, but one body, and as a believer, you are included. And now number two, you are important. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 now. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Now, what's Paul saying? He just reiterating, yeah, and again, yeah. Paul reiterates how the human body is made up of many parts. Many parts, but one body. So then in verse 15, he gives this scenario now. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 
Now think about that. Like if the foot feels discouraged, says, I'm just a foot. I smell. No, I'm just a foot, you know. And he's discouraged because I'm not a hand, so that means, you know, I'm not really part of this body. Does, just saying that, Paul says, does that make the foot then not part of the body? No, not at all. Verse 16, he goes on, if the ear should say, because I am not of the eye, I am not part of the body. Paul says, well, is therefore not, then the ear not part of the body, right? If the ear says, I'm nothing, because I'm, I'm not an eye. I can't see like the eye sees, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not nothing. I'm no one, you know. What? I'm not really part of the body. Paul says, does that make sense? Is the ear really nothing? Verse 17, he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? How could you hear then? If the whole body were hearing or just an ear, where would be the smelling, right? There, we need a nose. How would you smell? So one part of the human body functioning alone doesn't make sense because every part is important. That's what Paul is just illustrating, putting out here. I mean, can you imagine this picture Paul is painting? A giant ear walking around. Can you imagine a giant ear walking around? It couldn't see, right? It bumped into everything because there's no eye. Or what if it was a giant eye, you know? Just a, what if we were all just giant eyes, yeah? And we come up to each other and, 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 you know, you see this giant eye, you come up to it, so, and you're like, oh, how are you? And the giant eye just stares at you and blinks. Wouldn't that be weird? I think that would be weird. What, what, what if you were a giant nose, just walking around. We're just giant noses. Watch out, run. It's about to blow. Watch out. You know, <laughs> gross, right? It makes no sense. That's not how the body is. It isn't about one part. We're not just all one part, an eye or a foot or an ear or, or, or a nose or anything like that. Verse 18, Paul says, But now God has set the members or parts, each one of them, in the body just as he please. So Paul now saying, hey, like human bodies, God has taken different parts, different members, every person, each one of the parts or believers with their gifts, God has set them. God has, has, has put them in their place as he pleased, as he wants. And that means because God has placed you, every believer, right, has a special part in the function of the church. If he has chosen to place you here or place another person there or place, and that is what he wants, if he wants that, that makes you important and you're not nothing. You have a special place in the church. Frank Gabriel in his uh, commentary says, the church, according to God's will, is composed of many parts so that it may function as one body, the body of Christ. So it's his will but in his will, it makes that important and it makes you important in where he has placed you. Verse 19, Paul then says, and if they were all one member, where would the body be, right? I mean, if the church was just one part, like that giant nose, where would, there would be no body. That would be so weird. It would make no sense. Now understand, as Paul is writing here, understand, remember the Corinthian believers, they were into 
Hey, being on stage, they're so prideful. They wanted to be that, that one gift that whole oh, people look up to, yeah, that people want. They wanted to be seen, so they were seeking the gifts and wanting the gifts and walking around parading. Hey, I got this gift. Because they wanted to be the one. They wanted to be spiritually higher and better. But Paul's saying, hey, look at all the, uh, look, look, look. All the gifts are important, not just one. It's not just one eye. It's just not, you know, the ear. They're all important, not just certain ones. One is not better than the other or more important than the other, though there are some priorities we're going to see later. But every part is needed. So Paul's point is here, no gift or no person is less valuable. Every single believer with their gift is a very important part of the church. So let's really get that into our hearts. No gift, no person is, is, is less valuable. Every single believer with their gift is a very important part of the church. We're, we're, we're not a body without that part. We're, we're, we're not complete in that sense. You know, I was thinking during the last um, holiday season, um, we got into our family, got into uh, doing puzzles, you know, during the time. It was fun, you know, on the cold nights and, you know, everything, put Christmas music on and you just start, you know, getting into puzzles and everything. And, and I don't know, we even ordered more puzzles. How many did we do? Maybe like Six, seven, eight, I don't know. There's a, I mean, we, we did one, one after another, and, and oh, it was fun. The whole family got into it and everything. You know, some sections were really hard. You know, you know when it's the same color and it's hard, you know, that, that's super difficult. And I remember one time Jared got like, I'm over this. I got to take a break, you know, trying to. And then so we'd switch, and, you know, I'd get into it, and he'd do another section. But it was fun. It was a nice family thing for us to do and do the puzzles. And then, you know, once the, the, the puzzle is all popped, you know, and complete it. We're like, oh, it feels good. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, we leave it, you know, for a day until we and get to the other one, right? But it just felt so good when, when it was completed. But I have to tell you, almost with every puzzle we did, right at the end, one piece was missing. It's like, oh no, oh no, it's not, oh where's the, you know, did, did, did they not put it in or, you know, what, what happened is it lost? But I, I think almost every time it was on the floor somewhere, even though everyone was blaming each other, blaming the cat, you know, but most of the time it was on, on the floor. But we weren't satisfied. It wasn't complete until we got that one last piece, yeah? No matter how big, no matter even if it was the smallest one of them had this tiny thing, yeah? It still wasn't complete. We knew it wasn't. We had to find it. And once we play, placed it in, it's like, all right, it's done. Woo-hoo, yeah, we, we did it, right? Well, that's, that's, that's the idea here. It's the same part with the body, same thing with, with the body of Christ. You are a part of the body. That's how important you are. Every person, every piece, every place you serve, no matter where it is or what you do, you know what? You are part of the body. No matter what spiritual gifts you are, you are part of the body there. No matter what we talked about last week with your gift and what the Holy Spirit gives you, it's part of how the body works together and functions in the church. I mean, can you imagine if, 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 if 
I, I was teaching. I said, hold on. We'll get to point number two in a moment. I ran out the doors, ran to, to the fourth grade class. And, okay, kids, now we're learning about Jesus here. And just hold on right now. And I, I, I ran into the nursery. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, little late. I got to change the diaper. Yeah, and then I run back up here and say, okay, now for point two. That would be crazy, right? We all work together in, in, in the church. I mean, think about the worship team here now. Now, Jordan on the drums is very important. I love, I love how Jordan plays and I love his drumming. But just imagine if there was just Jordan up here, yeah? And he starts a song. Boom, da, boom, da, boom, da, boom, da. All right, what song is this? Boom, da. And then he ends the first song and it's like, Boom, boom, da, boom, boom, da, boom. We wouldn't know what it is, right? I mean, we're all part of it, you know. Well, the worship team, we, we were one team, but we're all part. We all have different parts of the play, but together we lead the church and worship. So that's the idea. Every part is important. So you are important to the body of Christ. You are included, you belong, but each one of you is very important. Whatever the gift is, whatever your, your assignment is, wherever God has placed you to serve, you are very important. Don't ever think that you're not. Don't ever think that, well, I'm not worthy of it. It doesn't say here, well, only the worthy ones are part of the body. No. Jesus makes us worthy. And if anything, when we serve, whatever we do, we grow and we learn and we get closer to Christ. You are important. Don't think that, ah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of a, a leftover over here. I found this interesting. Back in 1925, the evolutionists stated in that Tennessee Scopes trial when they're trying to bring evolution in that there are 180 useless things in the human body. They believe those useless things in our body were leftover parts from the evolutionary process. But today, today, we know better. The, that list that they put out is just about zero. Even, I was reading, the mysterious appendix is now known to produce antibodies and prevent bacteria in the colon from reaching the bloodstream. I love that. No body, part, organ, anything is useless. So no believer is useless. You and I, each one of you, are vital to the church. So understand, you are important. Well, let's go on here to number three. You are interconnected. You are interconnected. We see many parts, one body. As a believer, you are included. As a believer, you are important. And now number three, you are interconnected. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And, and that's Paul reiterating again. Hey, let me put it in your mind, right? Many parts, but one body. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So it makes sense, right? The eye can't say, I don't need you. I mean, how can an eye... I don't need you, hand. How can I pick up what it sees? Or the head can't say to feet, hey, I don't need you, because how can the head go where it wants without the feet? 
Paul is saying we cannot function without each other. We are all basically interconnected. B. Barton in his commentary said, not only should each individual part realize its own importance, but all the other parts should realize their interdependence as well. So either word you want to use, we're interconnected, we're interdependent on each other. Verse 22, no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. The idea is those parts of the human body that seem small or, uh, you know, not like they're, you know, they're weak. They're not strong. They're actually necessary. I mean, can you imagine like your eyelid, right? Can you imagine if you didn't have an eyelid or the eyelid didn't close? It's small. It's not that strong. You can keep it open with your fingers, yeah, and keep it from closing, right? But if it didn't work, your eyes will painfully dry out. You'll be so uncomfortable with junk flying into the eye. You know what? It is necessary, right? It, it, it may be small. It may be weaker, but it is necessary. Then Paul says in verse 23, In those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater honor modesty. The idea is there's parts of the human, human body that are less honorable. They're not so great to look at. Like your tongue. Think about your tongue. It's kind of an ugly kind of thing and we use it in a mean way, fleshly way when we stick our tongue out, right? Yeah. But we need it, right? We, we, we give it honor because, oh, that's what we taste with, yeah, when we eat. Or, and the unpresentable parts are treated with greater modest, modesty, Paul says. In other words, they're covered up. Now, this verse is difficult in the original Greek, but I like how the scholars interpreted that this speaks of our internal organs, our inside organs. Verse 24, but our presentable parts have no need. There's no need to, to cover up, you know, uh, uh, your long, beautiful hair or, you know, your wonderful face. There's no need to cover that up. But God composed a body or made it so, having given greater honor to that part which lacks. In other words, the internal organs, they don't look that great, but they are of great importance to the body. You know, I, I don't like to, I mentioned this before, I don't like to watch those doctor surgery shows, yeah? And, and the ones where they really, like, show you, you know, they open up and there's a little heart, boom, boom. Oh, don't show me that. Or, you know, you know like, like the intestines hanging out. Oh, I, I, I don't like that. I just get, get grossed out. Well, those organs that don't look that well, they're vital to the life of every person. That's the idea of what Paul was saying. I mean, if you think about it, you can lose an arm, you can lose a leg, but you will still live. But you cannot live without your heart, without your lungs, without your kidney, without your brain. You cannot. And a brain's not a pretty thing to look at, right? But it's covered up. So Paul goes on, because... We need each other. We're all interdependent, interconnected. Verse 25, he says, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. So from the way God made the human body to work together, then in the 
body of Christ, in the church, there should be no schism or division in the church. Because why? We're interconnected. And since believers are interconnected, we should care for one another. We should have concern for another like the human body has for each part. He mentions this in verse 26. If one member, one part suffers, all the members suffer with it. Right? The other day I was walking, I stubbed my toe on the, the, the leg of our, our bed, and it was like, ah, my, what did my body do? It reacted. It, my leg lifted the foot off the floor, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, so it won't be sore. My, my hand started to rub the sore foot. Yeah, my mouth said, ouch, as my, as my brain was triggered by the pain. We all worked together. My body worked together and cared for the toe that got stubbed. I mean, my brain didn't say, hey, toe, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Suck it up, big baby. Get over it, you know. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep going. Walk it off. Walk it off. No. Yeah. It, my body cared for the one part that got hurt. That's, that, that's the idea. The, the one part that suffers, then all suffer. Then in verse 26, he says, Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So the idea is if one part is being honored, then every other part of the body rejoices. In other words, there's no jealousy going on. Oh, you know, uh, that, that, they, they made a comment of the long, beautiful hair and, and the eyes like, well, how about my eyes? How come they didn't say something about my eye? You know, kind of thing. No, we all, you know, the whole body's like, oh, that's great. They're talking about us. We're a body. We're together. John MacArthur said, there's no disdain or hatred for one another, no rivalry or competition, no envy or malice, no inferiority or superiority. I like that. So Paul's point here is it's like parts of the human body. Every believer in the body of Christ is interconnected and dependent on each other. Like the parts of the human body, every believer in the body of Christ is interconnected and dependent on each other. We're connected. We depend on each other. If one thing happens to someone, we all feel it. We all want to help. We're all right there. Yeah. If, if, if one person is on it, yeah, praise the Lord. You know, sometimes I know we've brought some guys up here and they've, they've, they've uh, uh, graduated from this program or they've, uh, or when we ordain some of the, the pastors, you know, we, we all together rejoice in that. Or like the parts of the human body, every believer in the body of Christ is interconnected and dependent on each other. One day, the ship's captain and chief engineer were arguing over whose job was most important. So they decided to swap places to prove their point. The engineer went to the bridge and the captain headed, headed down to the engine room. An hour later, the captain appeared back on deck, covered with oil and grease, and he was waving a wrench and said to the engineer, Chief, you need to get down there. I can't get this ship to go. The engineer answered back, of course you can't. I just ran her aground. <laughs> Both men needed each other, right? And they needed to be where God had called them to. So, look, we all work together to accomplish God's will in the church. We all are interconnected to be able to have church happen, to have ministry happen, to have uh, the service function as a church, even when we go out into our daily lives, as a church, we're going out as a light and witness. And maybe some of you are good at witnessing. Then you bring them back for discipling. Or someone else is good at praying and discipling. And, and you know, we all work together in this 
body that God has put us in. The question is, though, are you working together? Are you part of that? And are you maybe even working together? I can imagine the Corinthian believers, they were all about them, yeah? So they weren't working together. They were trying to climb up uh, on top of each other, yeah? They're trying to be better and whatever's good for me. They weren't working together, yeah? Doesn't make a difference who brings the person to the Lord, right? It's not about that. It's about the person did come to the Lord. They have, and they're being discipled. They're growing in the Lord no matter who's in that process, you know, we are to come together and make a difference in this world, in our community here. And, and will you be part of it? Will you be part of fulfilling God's plan? Or are you just going to be sitting there outside? Someone said the church is a body. No part of my body is part time. I like that. I like that. All right. Let's go on here to number four. You are invested. You are invested. There's many parts, but one body. As a believer, you are included. You are important. You are interconnected. In our last heading, number four, you are invested. God has invested you into the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. So again, hey, you're a part of of the body. There's many parts. You're one of the parts and you're part of that body of Christ. Verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. So now there's different parts in, a, in one body and that's what Paul put us put in our mind and he says that's like the church well now Paul says hey let me give you some examples of the different parts and so he lists these gifts in the church and the first three here are gifts that God actually gave to the church the apostles now the apostles there we know the qualification of apostles they're appointed by Jesus himself and they saw uh, the resurrected Jesus. That, that, that's apostles. And the apostles we have and, and that we know in the Bible and have written the Bible, they were the ones who founded the church, who founded the, the body of Christ. So Paul puts them up there. They're really important. By the way, I believe there's no apostles today. There's no need for them. We have the word of God, which they wrote, and they established and founded the church. So, but Paul here, back then, puts the apostles there. Next, Paul lists the prophets. So not only did they speak prophecy, but they exhorted, they went around and encouraged people, they strengthened God's people. They were gifted, yeah, with the word, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, those things we talked about, uh, word of prophecy. So they would, they would, they would uh, use that gifts in building up the church. And then next is the teachers. These are like the pastor teachers who, who in a local church, they taught, they expounded the word of God, what the teaching of the apostles and all that. They, that, that that's what these teachers were. So God appointed these ministers as gifts invested into the church so the church would grow in his will. We understand this from Ephesians 4, 9. Uh, the second part of the verse says that Jesus gave gifts. And then what did he give? Well, verse 11 in Ephesians 4 says, 
uh, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So that's what the Lord gifted the church with, 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 with men who would lead the church and teach the church in that way. Notice something here, though. Paul puts an order to these offices. He says, first, right, apostles, uh, second, prophets, next, you know, third, is, is the teachers. Now, it was important because the apostles was the one who spoke the word of God, who wrote the word of God. They established God's word. So the prophets and their message and, and the pastor teachers, they, they needed to line up with what the apostles did. There had to be some, you know, some standard, some, some you know, uh, way to go and check that the message of a prophet has to go along with what? Who knows? Is it really God? Well, it's what the apostles said. God used them to establish the word and the truth of God. So... They were guiding and leading in, in God's truth. And so the prophets, the pastor teachers would line up under them. So there was a, a priority in that sense. Well, after that, now Paul goes on and says, after them is the spiritual gifts like miracles or healings. We saw last time in verse 9 and 10 we went over. And then the gift of helps. You know what's interesting? Helps here. The word means take a burden off. I like that. In the Greek. And that's what helps does, right? Uh, they, uh, someone with that gift comes in, helps support in any way they can, they come in. And then there's the gift of administration. Yeah, that the word administration means like leadership, and it could be a leader in how they organize things, and certainly we need that. Now, in these gifts, remember, it's a spiritual empowering that happens, right? We learned, we learned in the last two weeks that gifts, it could be a blend of natural talent, but it's a supernatural gifting and anointing upon that person. And so even with administration, it can be a supernatural ability to someone maybe isn't usually that way. That's, that's that gift. That's that gift. And maybe it's anointed in a sense. Maybe they had a natural talent and it's blended in that way. Perhaps if you have the gift that helps, maybe you're, you're good at helping. Maybe it's a natural talent or maybe it isn't a natural talent. But since you became a Christian, the Spirit comes upon you and sup supernaturally, you're told when to help. You're like always there at the right time or you know how to help or, or what to help in. That's that gift there. Then lastly here in verse 28, Paul mentions the last example, Paul, of different gifts in the body. He adds varieties of tongues. Varieties meaning different tongues. Mentioned that last time. It's that unknown language to a person with this gift. And, and when we're in chapter 14, again, we're going to go over that more in detail. But God, the idea really here with this example is God appoints different gifts now. And with some having a certain priority. Now, why is that important? Notice in this list, in the example that Paul puts, he put tongues at the end and apostles first. Why would he do that? Well, Warren Wiersbe writes this. Paul put a high value on prophecy, but the Corinthians valued the gift of tongues. Paul put tongues at the end of the list. So we're starting to get this picture now of what Paul is dealing with. And I've been kind of putting it out there little by little in our past studies and even today. The Corinthians were into tongues. They were into the gift of tongues. That was their thing. And that's what they highly valued the most. 
Paul puts this what? Last on this list. Paul puts it down there in priority. Listen, if someone says, and I mentioned this last time, I believe, if you don't speak in tongues, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. They're wrong. That's not what Paul is saying. There's different gifts, and we're going to see that in a moment of how, how wrong that is. But just because you don't speak in tongues doesn't mean you don't have the Spirit. Why? Because it's by the Spirit we're put into the body. It's by the Spirit we have the different gifts, right? So with, with that in mind, Paul puts out these rhetorical questions out. And I love this. Look at verse 29. He puts out this rhetorical question. Are all apostles? What's the answer? No, right? Because there's different gifts, different parts in the human body, not just the eye or the mouth, right? Are all apostles? No. How about this one? Are all prophets? What's the answer? No. Are all teachers? What's the answer? No. Are all workers of miracles? No, right? You know, we learned last time not everyone has, you know, these gifts. They may have multiple gifts. It doesn't mean, you know, everyone doesn't have the gift of miracles, right? No. Verse 30, do all have gifts of healing? What's the answer? No. And then, do all speak in tongues? What's the answer? No. Do all interpret, interpret tongues? No. There are different gifts. So you see how Paul is wrapping this all together. He's listed the gifts last week. He went over them the week before, the purposes and everything. He brought us to speed on last week. Then this week he's talking about well, there's different gifts because we're all like the human body, different parts of the body, not everyone. So not everyone speaks in tongues, Paul is saying. Not everyone is a pastor teacher. Not everyone has the gift of helps. Not everyone has the interpretation because we're all different, right? Well, we all, according to God's will, we're given the different gifts and we have our different places, our part in the body of Christ. But then he says something very interesting in this last verse this morning. Verse 31, he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Wait, wait, I, I, I thought we're all important. I thought, well, you know, we, whatever gift we have, it's important to the body of Christ. What do you mean the best gifts? Or, or maybe better translated is the better gifts. Yeah? What is he saying, the better gifts? Okay, we understand there's a priority, you know, with the apostles and prophets, teachers who establish the truth of the word of God, and we've got to line up to that. But what do you mean the better gifts or the best gifts? Well, think about how the Corinthian believers they were missing the mark on how they valued tongues. They gift the tongues. They, they put that up. But Paul's saying, hey, it, it's not about that. Matter of fact, tongues is, is kind of down on the list. What is the better gifts? Paul is speaking about those gifts that help other people. That's the idea. I mean, back at verse 7, what did he say? It's for the profit of all. It's for the betterment of all. It's for the common good. It's to build up the body. That's what the gifts are. They minister to one another. They help us each other grow and get closer to Jesus and have more faith in Jesus. The better gifts to desire and want are the ones that will really help another person. Now, that means... You know, tongues, yeah, it can be used in a worship service, and it can be used in that way, but primarily it's your private prayer 
language. We're going to get more into that in chapter 14. The Corinthians had it all flipped. They thought, well, that's the one to have. That's the one. No, it's not about you. It's not about, oh, you're so spiritual because you can speak in tongues. You know, it's not about that. It's about building each other up. It's about the prophet of all. And then at the end of verse 31, he says, and yet though, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Not better, not best, but excellent. This is the tops, you guys. He's saying, let me tell you guys, there's something even more better that you should have and seek to have in your life. And that's going to be next time because that's chapter 13. And you know what that is? Love. Love. Love in the body. Isn't that interesting? Well, the last point I'd like to make is this. Paul is saying, hey, you are invested into the body by God. Each one of you has in the different parts and gifts. So together with others, you help the body of Christ. Yeah? Your gift's not about himself. Together, God has invested you into, he's put you into the body of Christ for a purpose. And it's not for you, but it's to help others. You are invested into the body, into the body of Christ by God, so together with others, you help the body of Christ. Uh, I, I, someone, um, uh, I was reading and I came over this that someone had written. Uh, they said, at a home Bible study, a woman accidentally dropped her cup. It broke and coffee spilled all over the floor. Then according to their spiritual gift, different responses came out. The teacher gave some advice. Next time, if you put your cup on a coffee table, that wouldn't happen. The administrator responded by organizing a cleanup committee, a cleanup committee. Bill, please go find a mop. Sally, could you go help him with a towel? Bill had the gift of service, so he hurried to get the mop. Sally, who had the gift of help, followed Bill and said, I'll help you. The person with the gift of exhortation said, we all make mistakes, so don't let it get you down. The person with the gift of mercy put her arm around the woman and said, I feel so badly for you. <laughs> the person with the gift of giving exclaimed, I'll buy a new set of coffee mugs to replace the broken ones. I love that. They all came together with their different gifts, part of the body uh, to come together and, and help minister and build up. That's how the body works. That's why we got to be all a part of this body. Open your heart up to the Lord. Yeah? Stop just being a pew potato, right? <laughs> you know, just sitting there. Yeah? Start being involved. Be open to the spirit that you're gifting. I mean, be open to what God will want you to do in the body. Because see, you and I together can make a mark for Jesus Christ in this world. You and I together, we can make a huge impact up country. You and I together, we can make a huge impact for Jesus, for salvation, bringing bringing salvation, eternal life to people all around us together. That's where the power is. That's where you and I can experience the power of God, of the Holy Spirit flowing through us together, together. I'll close with this. Vance Havner said, Snowflakes are frail, but if enough of them get together, they can stop traffic. 
right? Who are we? Nothing. Who am I? I'm just this weak human being, yeah? But together, all of us, we can make a difference in our world. We can change the world. For there are many parts, but one body. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, God, your call upon us. Lord, how you choose us and you gift us and according to your will, according to your desires, Lord, according to what you want and you place us, each one of us, Lord, and where you want us to be so we would work together, no matter how visible or not visible, no matter how small or weak we may think, Lord, we are all necessary, Lord, to the functioning of the body of Jesus Christ. And why, as a church, are we here? Why are we here just to come and, and sing songs and be entertained? No, we're here, Lord, to grow in you and faith. We're here to grow in our relationship, and we're here as a church to be a light, Lord, in this world. Lord, we want to be that city on a hill, God. The light that shines bright on top of this mountain, Lord. Out into our island, out into our state, out into the world, God. That we may bring Jesus and the message of salvation, the message of heaven, the message of hope, of new life, of living water and the Holy Spirit in us, God. To people who are dying, people who are hurting, people who are, are heading to hell without you, God. Lord, we want to be part of the work that you do. And it's not, Lord, about one person. It's about you, Jesus, using the body, this church, to do this and accomplish, Lord, your ministry, your will. Lord God, help us today to be open to your calling. Help us today to be open to the gifting of your Holy Spirit. Let us not do anything to grieve the Spirit or hinder the Spirit in our lives. Help us to be more walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Help us to go deeper in you and to, to sweep out and weed out, Lord, the weeds that shouldn't be there in our heart and our lives and our attitudes and our thinking. Lord, let us live the new life in you and be, Lord, that part in your body, Lord, God, thank you that we are important to you, each one of us. Thank you that we belong and we're all connected, God. Forgive us for division, Lord. But help us, God, to come into unity, the unity of the Spirit, the unity in Jesus, Lord, with love, with one purpose, Lord, and that is living for you to do what you want in this body. Thank you so much, Lord. We give our life to you, Jesus, totally, God. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you now. In Jesus' name, amen.